0: Good evening, and welcome to another edition of Football Bloody Hell. And on the show tonight, we've got Dave Hilda pryor a Yovatown captain, Josh Staunton, Mr. Sarcasm, it's Ricky Hyatt. And I'll bring up the rear. Three.
1: And good evening everybody and welcome to another edition of... Football? Bloody hell... And it's another midweek special for you this evening. Myself, Dave Pryor, alongside Mr. Aidy Hopper. Good evening, Aidy.
0: Good evening, David. How are you?
1: I'm all good, thank you. All good. And Mr. Rick Hyatt's here. How are you doing, Rick? I'm, I'm very well, thank you for inquiring. And back on the show, last but very much not means least, it's Mr. Josh Staunton. Welcome
0: back, Josh. Hello, everyone. Thanks for having me back, boys. Not a problem, old dog. Not a problem. Not what you said before. No, well, <laughs> he wasn't listening then, was he? You've
2: already got him up on the wrong foot. I just missed the ice cream van because of you, AD. Oh, that's all right. Then, fair enough. <laughs> uh, it's first world problems, isn't it? No. <laughs> first world problems.
1: Indeed but, it, is. Um, Indeed it whilst
0: is.
1: we have, Whilst we have got you, Josh, delighted to have you back on the pod because we... We will have a little chat, um, all things Town, because since the last time we did speak to you, obviously for for Yeovil it's not gone the way that everybody would have wanted. Having said that, the last week or so I think has probably been the most positive week for a little while. We've got a really good retained list, and including yourself. We've had good news today with, uh, if you have missed it, that Will Buse and Matty Worthington... Uh, has agreed his new new deal and signed on, and uh, Martin Hellier has agreed a full takeover of Yeovil Town. So, Josh, you must be delighted that you're finally at a point where you can start to think about the new season in a bit more of a positive light. Is that fair
2: to say? Yeah, I think I think um, it was pretty obvious. The back end the last season it was a disaster in every sense of the word. I think, in terms of as much of a football disaster as it can be, but it's um it's 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 gone now isn't it it's done and and for the first time in a long while it looks like things might be on the on the up for the club and uh, there's a lot of work going on around the place there's a good little buzz going on uh, a bit of positivity in the air and and good news today and I'm sure there'll be more good news when the time is right and and uh it's, it's it's turned into a bit of an exciting project to be part of.
1: you've just touched on it there has has the last week you you can already feel? a huge difference compared to say the last two months maybe longer
2: yeah um do you know you know like uh i think everyone would be in admit in uh, would admit that the club has needed some tlc and just a bit of bit of care and and martin's come in and straight away they've got off on the right foot and we've had conversations between ourselves and and um it's it's They've done nothing which, so far, which has required huge sums of money. It's been the small details of of getting stuck in and and just trying to revive the place and give it a new lease of life, really. And it's they've been full on. Fair play to Jack and Quincy at the club. They um they graft every day, and uh, Martin's there getting stuck in. So it's it's a real good feel. Everyone's kind of chipping in to try and get it all sorted as quick as we can because we've got what, six, seven weeks until we all come back for pre-season. So it's all hands on deck, really.
1: I know it's not easy to necessarily um, speak on somebody else's behalf, but I just mentioned retained list there. And is it fair to say that that looks a lot more positive in terms of players wanting to stay now that the off-the-field uh, clouds, if you like, are a little bit more clearer now?
2: Yeah, I think um, it, in all honesty, the, the 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 latter parts of the season last year, well, the whole season wasn't great, but especially the latter parts, they were. It was a circus, and anyone within anyone who had any kind of respect for their career would have been would have been well within their rights to try and move on in the summer. Uh, that's the bottom line of it, really, because you're a reflection of what you're associated with, aren't you? And and that reflects you and if if your morals and character don't align with what was happening at the club, it it was a very, very difficult place to be in terms of trying to represent what you didn't believe in and and it was was a difficult place to come out with any kind of integrity and and there was certainly younger players there who would have maybe been better off away from that kind of grey cloud and, and trying and letting their careers flourish in other ways. But fortunately, now that that um, that cloud seems to have been shifted, and there's a bit of there's some rays of light coming down, so it's uh, it's definitely one which I think is more you're more inclined to, to want to be part of now than you would have been three, or, uh, five or six weeks ago.
0: Josh, I know you know being, I've never been a professional footballer. I've got no idea what the pressures are like. Oh. When it's... When you, shut up you sure, when, when, sure, shut yeah. up <laughs> by the way listeners just just a little bit of a trailer here we've got an exclusive very shortly as well for you um yeah no i don't know what it's like to be a professional footballer but i imagine that uh, there are times when it's extremely pressurized so the last thing you want is all the uh, what should we call it um 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 what should we call it crap going around the place because you know it was intense it was put it yeah i think that yeah, um, every bloody day it was it was just you couldn't get away from it it was on the radio it was on the newspapers and the television everywhere you went people asking you so how the hell did you cope with that mate because you know you um, were still putting in good performances
2: yeah um it's, it's football is a pressurized environment in the at the best of times you're you have a lot of people more, more so in Yeovil than anywhere else, probably at this level, because it's it's kind of a town where you are you kind of have a bit of a celebrity status as as a fifth tier footballer, well, sixth tier footballer. So it's kind of a very unique football club, and um, that brings its own pressures with it, and your your pressure to perform. And towards the back end of the season, it was it was virtually impossible to go into a game focusing on the th- on not on the three points because that is when when. Push comes to shove—that's all you're competing for at three o'clock on a Saturday. But the 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 distractions off the pitch and the behind closed doors, what was what was what was going on was like it. It made you resent the place at times. It really did, and and it was it was you had to really dig in yourself to remember why you're doing it at times and who you're doing it for. And it's it's the people you over who you represent, and it was key that. And that was certainly my message towards the end of the season. That's that's who we're doing it for. So you have to try and channel that um, desire from there. And I wouldn't say my performances were great by any stretch. I was I was hobbling around most of the time. But, um, I had a go, and I think that's um. I think when 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 the fans probably at the end of the, the, the football fans don't see Monday to Friday. They see. Um, they see your wheel out there at 20 past two on a Saturday till five o'clock on a Saturday afternoon. So it's kind of a different thing. And it was just a very difficult place to be. And it wasn't, um, wasn't an environment which was going to bring really produce any diamonds. I'll be honest. It was, it was an extremely challenging, challenging environment for, for the reasons which I'd never experienced in football. And and it kind of, I kind of, kind of learned a lot about myself as a man and. How to try and guide and lead a dressing room through the carnage, what was going on, and, and we came out the wrong side of it, but um I think there's a lot of boys in that dressing room who can who can hold their head up high really.
1: Just on that subject, Josh, I appreciate if um, you know, we've not long come out of that period. So if you feel like now isn't, you know, the right time to go into to details, if you don't wish, that's absolutely fine. But if I put it another way, it, when um, the previous—I don't want to say previous ownership, because obviously it didn't quite get over the line in the end, did it? But when it looked like that, it was going in that direction. Was it pretty obvious, pretty quickly to the players that things weren't quite right? Was it a gradual thing, or was it almost like, as soon as they came through the door, that
2: something something just doesn't smell right here? Um, look, it's not for. <laughs> It's not really... I'm not, I'm not really one of those who's going to get into a, a slagging match. I just don't think... I don't think that reflects very well on me. It's definitely not the way I've been brought up. Um, kind of... If I don't have anything nice, I won't say much. But one thing I will say is... is um, It's clear. I think it's clear as a player. If, if someone comes in and their vision is just completely different to what is in the dressing room, it makes it very hard sure. for players to relate to that vision. Um, and I think it's pretty when what was going on it was it was night and day it was pretty obvious thrown in people's faces that you wouldn't be part of it going forward so it's very very easy for for people to switch off and 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 try and go into self-preservation mode and look not everyone and not everyone is designed to to deal well with power and um and it was probably a it was probably um a learning curve for all involved and it kind of just just kind of snowballed and, and, and got out of control pretty quickly but um yeah I'd say it's just more the the visions of the of the the vision the, the way the club wanted to go at that time was just so different to what was in the dressing room it, the 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 path didn't align so it was just kind of we were just everyone was going in completely different directions really it was it was um very challenging to try and bring those bring those lines and pass as close together as we could to try and get some sort sure. of end goal but it was um there was times it was made virtually impossible I'll be honest I I'm interested no, on, to come out with this this,
0: this exclusive we've got oh, I'm, go I'm, on. Sure, I'm sure that go on. The, the listeners are all Absolutely breaking their next to hear what this bit of exclusive. Music. I'm, a, I'm excited. Yeah. Yeah. it's better this, be good now. Is, it's better, is, better is, be good. Oh, this is this is quality stuff. I'm telling you. Um, any of those of you listening that happened to be listening to us on Monday would have heard our okay. friend Mister Rick Hyatt <clears throat> have a yeah. little, have a little bit of a rant, shall we call it? Um, basically, it he went on proper. for about half an hour ranting wow. on about the 115. Um, crime breaking charges uh, situations at uh, the etihad stadium well the exclusive news is pep guardiola listens to three valleys (laughs) radio because he has come out and he has agreed with rick that we should get a move on and get it all sorted out today so well done ricky boy you got through (laughs) to pep guardiola
3: well, I, I did think he just needed a, a slight nudge in the right direction. Yeah, yeah. 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 A, I'm so, sure it, he
0: sees things my it, way. It worked, mate, because, you know, you, he, he's come out and said it now. So, you know, unbelievable. Well, if I get, get that right, if, if I
3: got that right, do you know what I'd like to see next season, as early in the season as possible, is yeah. I'd like to see uh, an interview after the match with yohu Town's captain, where he doesn't look like he's got the weight of the bloody world on his shoulders. <laughs> because I tell you what, Josh, we've, we've got to know you quite well doing these podcasts through the course of the season. And to be honest, mate, it was painful watching you some of the times. I already felt for you having to go out with everything that's going on and fair play to you for going out and fronting it up and sort of taking it on your own shoulders for every, the balls up that everybody else was making. And yet everybody could see and it's the one thing that everybody did say is, you know, there's there's the one bloke that doesn't deserve to be taking the crap, and he's taken it. So hopefully next season, mate, let's
2: get. a Can we have a smile? Yeah. Well, do you know what i I usually let the I usually let the 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 boys the other boys enjoy them for cut times because I've them quite i definitely last season I've quite adept at doing miserable, very very yeah. difficult co- um, interviews, but. I'll be honest. I was. I was. I as as you always do when you're a captain. You speak on behalf of the group, and it's just yeah. kind of like that wasn't. It, it comes from every good player in that dressing room who, who I knew would have felt the same. It makes it very easy to go out there and speak when you know you have the back end of the dressing room. So it was never really a difficult situation for me. There was times I was very obviously very emotional, and it's probably yeah once or twice. Yeah, but um, but you did. You had me in tears. Yeah, sorry about it, but it's it's very important because you have to understand. As I said earlier, you you understand why you're doing it, don't you? You you have to, you try and resonate with the fans, and you try and show them that look, we're not Premier League footballers who are completely distant and just pick up our money and go kind of thing. So it was kind of, (laughs) as I say, it was a real lesson last year. There was some things I probably said which I would change, but it's um. I don't think anyone's perfect, but it came
3: across. It came across as being so genuine. So I wouldn't.
2: Well, I wouldn't yeah, look back no, on no, and they, think they, that they, they were, were, they were that... very. They were very genuine. i yeah. always, I stand by. I, I, I every time I come on here, I just speak my, my myself. I'm not a robot, am I? And I'm not. I don't want to. I would never ever want to be what them. I would never do a press conference like a the Premier League footballers, where it's all just go again, kind of find <laughs> numbers. Yeah, yeah. yeah because. Because that's not what the fans want to want. They want to see the real me. They want to see the real feelings we have towards a football club. And as soon as you just put up a front and you're just kind of just just this robot who says the same mundane things every time, it becomes your words become absolutely worthless. So it's I try. I've always tried to just maintain my integrity as a person and just give my true reflection on things. And if people don't agree with us, that's they're more than entitled to do that, but. It's better than just going out there and just reeling off cliche after cliche, isn't it? Um, Absolutely. I mean you I think, think it's, 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 fair,
3: it's fair to say I think last season there weren't an awful lot of positives to come out of the football club. But I think you came out of it with some credit there, mate.
2: Oh no, well, well thank you. But that's um that I would say that's probably a reflection of me as a person more than a footballer. Do you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. that was that was they were genuine interviews, they weren't rehearsed, they just kind of off the the tongue kind of interviews where you just kind of laying it bare and letting people give us giving people a snippet of what you are as a person rather than just front up media man who, who knows who tries to find the positive well, letting, letting
3: the supporters know that you're feeling the same as they're feeling isn't it that's yeah, and well, again that, that connection
2: yeah well at, at the end of the day rich this this place is I feel like a supporter now. Do you know what I mean? I've got, I've met Megan yeah. down here. I've got, I've had a little baby here. So, for me, Yeovil feels like my home. So, at the end of the day, I, I take immense pride out of wearing the Yeovil shirt. For me, it's more than just, um, a job. I could probably earn. I probably could have, if I'd made different decisions in different times. Of, in the last few years, I probably could have earned more money. But for me, this has always been about well now especially it feels more than i feel like one of the fans as well i do i feel like that's why i've got no qualms of giving my last kicks where however many i'll have left for the football club because it will be a real roller coaster and, and i just hope i really do hope not just for myself but for everyone that we can find some success somewhere because it's been a it's been a pretty negative time in terms yeah. of my three years at this club, but I wouldn't change it for the world in some ways. I would love to have had a promotion, but in terms of the bond I've built with the place and the, the bond I've built with every person who works there, all the fans, it's, um, it's worth more to me than any kind of promotion and things like that. So, did you, did you have anybody
0: a- pushing you to do the interviews, uh, Josh? because it couldn't um, have been it couldn't have been the easiest job in the world i wondered whether you know they all sort of well stand behind josh and we'll leave it to him or was there a few that were no but, were...
2: Um, no, but it, no one was pushing me I'll be, no one pushed me out there but that, i think that's what um if you ever want to be a good leader i think that's what you have to do don't you i think you have yeah. to protect around you kind of thing like i'll be honest anyone could give me any kind of abuse i want I've been, I've been bald since I was twenty one so I've had a fair bit of stick in my time, believe it not <laughs> so it's all just what of ducks back for me really so I was always conscious of of sending out a boy, a young lad who, who i wasn't sure what sort of what sort of reaction we'd get um I wouldn't want to send someone out there and really and put him in a position where they would say could say the wrong thing and it could really affect him for the next three weeks I wanted to try my best to to shield the players and and let them focus on much as much on football as they could, and just send all the kind of negative heat and all the really awkward questions my way. Because I didn't want them to have to go out there and think every game. Well, what am I going to say after a game if, if we lose? Kind of thing. I just wanted them to worry about getting themselves right for three o'clock on a Saturday, and and knowing. And I think I think they would. I think they knew that the rest would kind of any any kind of negativity after the game would look after itself. They could just get themselves away and. Do whatever they needed to do. I never asked for a pat on the back from any of them, and and I wouldn't expect it either. So it was kind of just a way of me protecting the players and and trying to do which I felt what I felt was right in terms of you can't if you're going to be a leader you can't just lead you can't just pick the trophy up at the end of the season when you win something. You have to be willing to stick, stick your neck out and try. And, and well, I reckon Lee.
0: you did a bloody bloody good job, old dog. Well done. That's all I can well, say. Well,
1: in terms of in terms of next season now josh is there a sense of like an overriding sense of relief more than anything else in terms of we've now got a full reset sometimes it even though it doesn't feel like it at the time it is better in the longer run to have that step back, to then step forward, reset everything, galvanise everything again, and then you're riding the crest of a wave. If you have, you know, a good season starting next season, then it could just be something that really now starts to kick kickstart Yobel Town again.
2: Um, yeah, I, to be honest, I'm I'm really relieved. I, I, I'm really relieved because my morals, my my the visions didn't align for me at the end of the season. So I look at myself and think. I'd have probably been looking for a job. I'd have probably been been in a position which is completely different to the one I am in now. And um, to be that, honest,
1: Josh, I, I'd expect Paul Thorpe would have you with his apprentice doing some dry lining. I expect. So don't think. I don't think <laughs> well, you'll be I'm short of any I'm offers. <laughs>
2: but, uh, but yeah, I, I would have been. I would have been probably looking for a club. I'll be honest. I would have been. I probably would have been one of the ones who's who would have been the visions didn't quite align and. And for whatever reason, would have been pushed out. So it was a massive relief for me because my heart is in the place. So it would have been felt like I would have struggled. I would have struggled going and playing for another club or doing whatever I needed to do. But I think it's important because I, 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 I had an interview earlier in the week and I mentioned like, I bet every time yeovil has been relegated, they've said, we need to go backwards to reset. And, and That's the danger. I'm not naive enough to think that this is the first time it's happened but for the first time in a long time I look around the place and it looks different, it feels different. There'll be a lot of changes at the stadium come the first game of the season. So it's an opportunity to really start again. Leave the scars and the shadows behind from what's gone in the last 10, 15 years and try and actually reignite this club almost from I'd, I'd like to think this is as low as Yova will ever be—a club of this stature. So it's an opportunity for us to almost start again, like completely start again, and not just. Yeah.
1: and not that starts just, from the, that starts from the top, doesn't it? You've got a reset, a completely change of ownership, and now a complete change of you know ideas, outsets, and everything's completely new, for want of a better word.
2: Yeah, and 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 look, I'm, I'm sure there's I'm sure there's a lot of people who who will. Try and put a negative swing on 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 Martin Hellier due to Twitter or whatever their own reasons are. Rest assured, I would I wouldn't stand on here and say he's given that place a new lease of life. And I've I, he is fully committed. I've seen it first hand. He will throw everything he's got, not stupidly, but to get the club back where it needs to be and and to make it something. The town is proud of because I think for the last ten years it probably hasn't been. It's kind of been slight, dying a slow death, has not it? And and the place has tired. The town's feeling tired of the football club. So I'm I'm really optimistic. I'll be honest. I think the the small things they've done have, have made such a such a change. Like you the the thing about the when they've burnt the seat, like heated the seats up and and revived the seats, you walk out the tunnel and it's like, oh, like tiny little details like that, which are nothing but hard work, are they? They're not, you don't need a bottomless pit of money to do that. Um, it's kind of just stripped the club back to what it's about. It's kind of strip the club back to what the club, what the fans represent and what the, what the town represents, because this isn't a, f- this isn't like made to be a flash city it isn't a man, isn't a man city where you just kind of want want everything given to you i think Yeovil represents some a town which is going to work hard and and really has some passion in what they do and and now i think the football club kind of represents that and i'm sure it will just continue to grow and grow and it's i i think it could i think it's a new fresh start i really do but i'm not i the message i we put for is this isn't the first time the club's been relegated.
1: so. And I, th- I think as well, Josh, as well, from the fans' perspective, it's reflected in the players wanting to stay as well because I think most of the fans were unsure whether or not, I think Matt Worthington, for example, whether or not we'd, you know, quite rightly, if somebody else came up and had an opportunity to play higher, then we'd probably deserve that chance. So the fact that he's decided to stay as well just goes to show how he
2: genuinely feels that this is the right place to be. Yeah, I think, I think um, you look at the two signings today, Worthy and Busey. They're two people who undoubtedly will give everything they've got for the football club. And that, for me, is what the football club represents. And that's the vision of the football club, which I, I believe in. I don't believe in signing someone on X amount of money just because he wants that money and he doesn't really care. He's mm. not willing to find out the, the heart and soul of the football club. And like for me, the the football club, as I've said hundreds of times, is is the people behind the the scenes, and they're the people who really like. We I just speak to a fan out like there today. Fifty five years you've been a fan. Fifty five years, and you think Christ, I've like, seen some things in fifty five years, I bet. But that's who you're playing football for, and 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 them two signs today are the epitome of people who will play for that man. They'll give blood, sweat, and tears for that man, which is which is what the town deserves. And, and those players are uh, hungry to stay on at the football club because I think for the first time in, since I've been here, you can really taste success, not not as in guaranteed success and not, I'm not sitting here and saying, oh, we're going to blitz a league by X amount of points, but you can feel like there's a bit of momentum, momentum snowballing. And and it's you kind of want to, after years of not doing anything, you want to be on that momentum and you want to, you want to enjoy some success because the town definitely
0: deserves it. Josh, when it comes to the football side, um, you're dropping down a league. I don't, I, I don't think you've played at that level, so you might not be able to answer the question. But it, it, you know, what is the difference purely from a football perspective? Generally, um, I, I played. I played. I went on loan in, in this league when I was about
2: seventeen. So I have minimal. I think I played about four or five games. So I have minimal experience in it. But. Uh, um, it's going to be a different challenge and it's a challenge you have to relish because it's going to be a different type of pressure for us, really. There's going to be a lot more expectation on us and people are going to come to us and, and really try and put on a display. But that's the type of pressure you need to you need to thrive on in football. i tell you, I'd much rather have that pressure than the pressure of the boardroom, what's going on in the boardroom every week. But... Um, it's going to be a different challenge and there's going to be a lot of differences, but ultimately it's 11 men versus 11 men, isn't it? And mm. we're, at this, we're at this level for a reason now. And we've the players who you've just listed or who people have listed have, have got to prove to themselves really that they are too good for the level. If that's what people are going to say. And you've never played this level. You have to prove it and, and show you're too good for the level and act too good for the level and, and behave and play games like you're too good for the level but I think the main difference will be I think they're obviously the part-time teams if we do it right we should have a edge over them um, I think that's where games could be won and lost a lot in the last 10-15 minutes hmm. um, I'm sure it's going to take some adapting too because with all due respect uh, the stadiums are different to the Chesterfields and the yeah. Notts counties we go to so it's it's about finding it's about finding your purpose, isn't it? What you do it for? More more local derbies as well. Yeah, well they they look after themselves. They should do, shouldn't they? Yeah. I mean, the, the whole town's going to be behind them. Um, they they should you shouldn't be looking at a player and thinking that is that is that's your bread and butter, really, isn't it? When you've got that sort of adrenaline to play a football match. So they're the exciting ones. Uh, It's a good opportunity for the club. I think success is the most important football thing for this club after a real rough three years. Um, um, It's it's important that we get used to winning football matches again, because wouldn't be a bad habit to get into, would it? No, because I saw a chat not long ago, and I think since since Championship, there really hasn't been that many wins. Hmm. Yeah, and so it might be. It's a good opportunity for the club to. To, to gain some wins and success success for me at this period of the at this period of time for the football club is more important than um league status i think the club will flourish under fighting at the top of one table rather than being 17th in the league above i just think the town is fed up of the club and the town is fed up of just grinding out seasons
0: yeah, well, I think it'll,
2: so, be nice. it'll be f it'll, it'll be a breath of fresh air for the club to be looking up at the table rather than scrolling down the bottom yeah. big and fish in a um, small
0: pond. Sorry? Smaller I say a big fish yeah, in a yeah, smaller yeah, pond, yeah, yeah. really. Yeah, and it's and it's but it's
2: how we deal with that. That's that Mr Hellier cannot look after that side of things. He can do the business side and the the financial side, but that is the players and the managers' responsibility. And it's something we'll, we'll, we'll do everything to get right on the pitch. So, kind of, we trust him and he, and hopefully he'll trust us to get it done.
0: Hilda, are you awake?
1: Yeah, I was just wondering whether you boys had any more questions for Josh Renewal before we move on to his thoughts on all things across the other leagues.
3: Josh, is, uh, you could do with a break. Can you, you could do with talking about another situation, couldn't you, mate? Just for a bit, rather than... Yeah, it's a, no, it's, it's, one, it's well, nice to be optimistic about something, but let's get on with
1: slagging off Manchester
3: City, eh? Yeah. <laughs> should
1: we Should we, Should we? we do that then? We'll go back to what AD touched on then, because yeah. Rick did make yeah. it quite clear on Monday how he thought, what he thought about the Manchester City situation. And lo and, and behold, yeah.
0: Pep agreed with him. I mean, but the thing is, you could, uh, uh,
3: you uh, say, have... say about that. Say about Pep saying that it's not as if he doesn't have contact with somebody who could make that happen. Yeah. It's, it's all bluster. If he want, if Manchester City wanted that to happen, it would happen. It's the same situation that we we're talking about before. They're just going to stretch it out and stretch it out, and um, it's a big asterisk. But it is nice to see that even now, every every time City is mentioned somewhere. You look at the comments on it and there's more people fed up with the situation than there are people lauding them for what what they're doing.
0: Well, well, I'd certainly praise Pep Guardiola if he managed to make something happen quickly. I really would. I think that would would make him, you know, almost a complete manager. Not quite as good as Fergie, but almost.
1: Fair enough.
3: Come on, Hilda, give us a hot topic. Come on.
1: No, do you know what I was thinking, Rick? I was I was going to mention go about what we what we spoke about off air in our private text messages. Um, off oh. Bloody hell! Oh, private text messages. Eh? <laughs> yes, oh. because because not long after we did the podcast, I think it was announced. Was it, Rick, that Juventus had had their yeah. an additional ten points taken off of them with two games left in the season. And this is the second time they've had the points taken away. So I just wanted to kind of get a discussion going about what we touched on. Yes, we want a decision to be made quickly. But in Italy, Juventus have had the points taken away, had the points taken away. It doesn't really help anybody, does it, to try and work out where you finish, particularly with only two games left in the season. Is this kind of shown at the Premier League You know, okay, we don't want it to drag on forever and ever, but you don't want a situation where you're taking away points, giving the points back in the same season, because it makes them more complicated. The
3: the Premier League has an opportunity now to make a decision about what way they want the league to go. Either financial fair play, there are ways around it. City approving this. Newcastle today have signed a ridiculously inflated sponsorship deal with a Saudi Arabian firm to thought if that's the way things are going to go and that's the Premier League are happy with that and that's what they want their competitions to be then get rid of the financial fair play make it and make it open and transparent and everybody knows that basically the richest will be the most successful or do you want to have a more level playing field and and have a bit of skill and a bit of intelligence
1: about how you win something does each does each individual league have their own rules on it, or is it a set
3: overall rule?
1: I'm
3: I'm not sure about that, because there was the situation with the UEFA uh, situation that City were in, which, incidentally, they weren't found innocent of. There's a difference between not being found guilty and being found innocent, and uh, I think Pep could do well to, to remember that. They were timed out. They still paid a fine, still admitted it. So uh, they've not been found innocent of any of the charges. But I'm not sure. I'm not sure, mate. But I think the Premier League needs to, because it, to my mind, as I said on Monday, I think they're devaluing their own brand. Because if you let it carry on like this, who's who's interested in, in watching one team? Admittedly, a fantastic team. And this is a fantastic team with great players, great management, great recruitment, great everything. And which is where Thorpe made the point, And it sort of backs up if you look at Alan Shearer's reaction to it on Match of the Day, he wasn't interested in all the other stuff. The 115 times they've been accused of cheating, all he all he wanted to talk about was what was on the field. And there's, so there's different points of, points of view. But I think the Premier League needs to come out and make a decision one way or another what sort of league they want to sell to the rest of the world.
0: Do you think, Rick, that, um, you know, the, with this one hanging over us and now I see today there was a, a, a tweet thing that... Uh, 17 Premier League clubs are going to come out and, and try and block United to take over if it happens to be the Qataris that take them over.
3: As long as it's re- retrospective and it works across the board, it's suddenly how it, it becomes an issue as soon as it's Manchester United. Yeah.
0: Yeah, but definitely. If
3: it was, I, I'm totally against state ownership anyway.
0: Two, three. I'm
3: totally against it. I think it, what possible, what might be a possible solution to it is let Manchester City... Newcastle, Chelsea, PSG, uh, and whoever else wants to be state-owned, have your little European Super League. And let the rest of us get on with proper football.
0: Yeah. Yeah, what do you think, Hilda? Um, what do I think? Um
1: like, like, Rick touched on last week, it, you've got to be so careful with how you kind of look at this, because I've you know, look at look at my team situation in Liverpool. We've gone so close for the first like we've won it for the first time in my lifetime, but we've We're missed out. We've missed well. Well, this leads on to my other point that yeah. we've done so well to get to a to a position in the league where we've missed out twice by one point, and if it turns out that it wasn't fair play and we missed out on those t- titles one more. Um, by one point, then yeah, I'm mean, going to be absolutely livid about it because of what might have been for us. And I'm sure it's the same for every other team that kind of feels that they've sort of been left in the wake of what Manchester City have done since they put the foundations in back in, what was it, 2010, was it, when Shaq Mansur first took over? Because um, they had I mean, because yeah. They had an ownership before that, didn't they? But it didn't quite work out. But it still had the same kind of, um, was it the Thailand prime minister? Yeah. I think you'd a load of money at it, but it didn't yeah. quite work. Got and then saved, they had to, it? yeah. So then it, it went down that road. So obviously the longer it goes on, and if they are to be found guilty, again, like we touched on Rick, what what's the answer going to be? Again, to sort of link it to Juventus in 2006, they got relegated, but I think they only got relegated to by one division. So I think by the next season that they had a promotion again. But if Manchester City, for argument's sake, found themselves in League 2, they've got so many players on the books, they're not going to be able to offload them all into uh, in one season. And then if they end up winning... I don't know, 130 points in League Two, then it's going to make the whole League Two competition well, would, look really this, stupid. This is,
3: we, when we were talking about this off-air um, during the week, basically, if they get relegated, they'll loan out their megastars to Premier League clubs. So, they'll stay in, in the Premier League for a couple of seasons. Their squad's deep enough that they'll be able to win the divisions that they need in order to come back up. And then, lo and behold, they've got all these players that will come back from loan. The thing is with football, the joy of it is the fact that it's cyclical. Even though United had success over a longer period, it's still cyclical. Liverpool had that team that had should have won three Premier Leagues. Now they've got to rebuild. Manchester City don't have to do that because they're in a perpetual upward cycle because of the money and the infrastructure that they're funneling into their club. So they won't come. The only chance you've got is that somebody comes in and isn't as good as Pep. Is there anybody? What do you
1: think,
0: Josh? Do you
1: think? Do you think? Do you do you think this is a situation where if they are found guilty that it's going to be very difficult to then unpick everything depending on how far in the future it is that they actually make a decision on this?
2: That's, that's the, that is that's the thing, isn't it? it? These things take so long. It'll. Um, I, I guess these these sort of things will take years and years and years in court when yeah. they After the appeals process. After the players will be retired by then, Pep won't... Care because I guess he'll have another job or he'll be retired. They're just they're just as Rick said. The damage is done straight away, really, isn't it? When you've just got teams, money, more and more and more money, fabricate sponsorships. It's just a really really bad place for football, isn't it? It just it just brings in mercenaries and players who have no affiliations with clubs, and it's um it's a problem at the top top. Tears are gonna have to try and get hold of because eventually it will ruin the game, won't it? It can't go on forever. Like surely one day the TV companies are gonna pull the plug or they're gonna get bored and people are just gonna get lose any kind of relationship with it because they just don't represent the normal person anymore, do they the football clubs? Like the ticket pricing at that level is ridiculous. Um, it's just like a corporate business. It's been very Americanised, hasn't it? And Well,
1: taking it away from Manchester City um, a moment, because the situation we have now, um, Newcastle qualified for the Champions League on Monday night with a point against Leicester. Um, I think it's fair to say that nobody really expected to be up there at this stage. I think we thought they were going to have a better season in, the, in two, three years' time that they're going to make it. But the fact that they've made it now, AD, I'll come to you next. We might have a situation where they've exceeded their own expectations. We know that they're a state-owned club, that now Newcastle United might go all Manchester
0: City this summer, for want of a better term. Well, yeah, I mean, they might. I mean, they've certainly got uh, no lack of money, have they? So the money side of it won't be a problem at all. and, of course, the other thing we haven't mentioned yet about all this, the wrongs of this is the barristers, of course, they are going to sit there rubbing their hands for the next 20 years. They've got their whole guaranteed income sorted out now for, for at least 20 years. They won't need a white horse with a, a black mask on any longer. They can come out and say it in, in open court, can't they? They're loving every minute of it. So, uh, yeah, I mean, that's the point, isn't it? How do the hell do you unravel it? It's nigh on impossible because we're already 10 years into it. No, 13 years into it now, isn't it, Rick? Yeah, Yeah. 2010, 13 years. How can you unravel? You can't, basically, can you? So, you know, I suppose what you really want now is the only other way to do it is that every club in the Premier League gets gets state-owned by somebody so that they're all on the same footing. I can't see any other way you can get around it.
2: The thing the thing I yeah. the thing I really Well, I'm probably a bit biased because my brother's been a Newcastle fan for years and years and years ever since we were kids. The, the the same they don't really get the same level of hatred as Manchester City, do they? Because Not yet. Because I think mm. people people right exactly people right now kind of are saying, Our oh, Newcastle deserve it. Like they're they're yeah. a big club. They've they are a big club. They've, they've been it's, a it's club they they are somebody a
1: bit different, isn't it?
2: Yeah, and, and the they've, been a, they've been a very, very well-supported well, well supported club through some extremely difficult times. So, at the moment, everyone's kind of like, ah, yeah, it's nice to see them up there. They deserve it. The club deserves a bit of good fortune. Whereas in 10 years' time, I'm sure everyone's going to be saying the same about them But as they do about Man City. Mm-hmm. It's um, it's just, a, it's just as A as said, what, what what's the end game? Is every club going to be state-owned and it's just going to be so... It's just going to be like... I don't know. I don't know where it ends because I don't. I don't think it's good for the game. I don't think it actually improves the leagues at all. I think it makes the leagues like the French league and the. But we don't fall out of love with it, Josh. Do we? Not. Not
1: enough. If you see what I mean? Because that was kind of Rick's point that until the fans necessarily get to a point where we'd be like, "No, we're not going to have this. This is ridiculous," and we and we turn away. It's like any sort of protest um, that that the fans want to. Be able to be involved in. We just love the game so much. We can't. We're addicted to it. We can't turn away from it. And then we're our own worst enemies in some respect because we will just let it happen because we want to do things like this. We want to talk about it. We want to watch it because it's ingrained in us. And so I I don't know how we can necessarily um, impose any change because we love it and we're all guilty of it.
0: Is it realistic though to think that? Uh, well, there's four of us here, but I mean, if you multiply that by however many millions, is it realistic enough to realise, to think that you can get enough organisation, enough people, you know, the whole thing organised into such a uh, a snowball that is, is picking up snow all the way along the line to be able to make a difference? Because I can't no. see it myself. I can't see it no matter how many people you have.
3: No, you look at United fans now the, with the possibility of having state ownership. There's supporters of Manchester United who are giddy at the prospect of being able to compete with Man City at that level, and they don't need to do that.
2: No, no. It, it's, it's kind of... It loses its soul, doesn't it? I think, yeah. eventually, people will just become completely despondent with it. I think, especially when... Um, if, if times carry on like they are with like the financial hardship, it's very, very hard to look at them footballers and think they, they're... They represent us.
3: And well, I think- hopefully, one one thing that could happen, Josh, is that people, everybody, people in Somerset all support a Premier League team as well as they've got an interest in Yeovil. Maybe their attention and all across the country will gravitate more towards the more honest, if you like, the more representative clubs like Yeovil, like all the local teams in the lower divisions, and perhaps that's where you'll get your fix of of proper football rather but, than but- supporting the big ones.
2: I would say that's been happening for years anyway. Yeah. I it think has. the tendencies in National League especially are getting massive. And I think it's because as, as you said, Dave, slowly the um slowly the the game isn't what it used to be, is it? No. Not at all. You don't ever so like you come to our level, you you smash someone in a tackle and the fan it gets fans off their seat. Yeah. That doesn't happen in the Premier League. So eventually, the the um, the target audience will change. And if you look at it now, a lot of Old Trafford and things like is corporate. So the target audience is changing. And then people who can't afford the tickets, as you said, they're still going to love football and they'll go and find football. And as Rick says, they'll be pushed towards uh, Tranmere and then things like that. So they'll always find football. Football will always be there. But yeah. the... The game of football might be look different in a few years' time because, and I honestly wouldn't be surprised if the Super League does come about because them teams think they are playing a different sport to everyone else. And in all honesty, it might be really good for the game of football because just gets them out
1: of the equation.
2: It gets, exactly, one. Yeah. It gets them so far away that people don't have to fight to compete with them anymore. So football turns into a more self-sustainable game. Because look, I'm, I'm a footballer and I don't earn any a massive amount of money. But I think we can all be honest and say that some of the players' wages in the Premier League are ridiculous, aren't they? And yeah. understand this an entertainment business, and and they bring in that kind of money. I understand the argument, I but at the end of the day, it's ridiculous, and eventually, it just it someone's going to pull the plug somewhere along the line because it's the clubs aren't self sustainable, are they? And, and if, if they um, lose
3: that won't it, it football will eat itself at the highest yeah,
2: level it will it will implode won't it and yeah. and in some ways, I kind of look at it and think maybe a super league will bring as you say they just get them out of the equation and they can mm. fight amongst themselves to be the best of the best mm. of the best. and then you it come football might come back to the real people again, it might come back to the actual people who are important, and that is the fans because it's not it's not targeted towards fans anymore I'm sorry it's. It's but not. It's all about corporate could, business and adverts.
0: You could argue, yeah. though, Josh, that, um, you know, on, on the one hand, there's this sort of handful of clubs that are, are going to be state-owned by the look of it, the way things are going. Uh, but the Football League are doing their best now to make sure that the likes of, of Yeovil or of, of, I don't know, West Ham or Coventry City, you name it, a club, they're saying you can't get your shirt sponsored now by a gambling company. Because they seem to be the ones apart from the the state owned ones that have got the the money to sponsor on kit, so they're not even giving them the chance, even if there was that sort of money flushing about to be able to sort of even get somewhere close to Manchester city from a financial point of view
2: yeah but uh, to be honest I think that's just the way the world isn't it I think <coughs> that's more a reflection of the world than the football industry I think it's just the way the world's going everyone's extremely cautious of what they promote and how they promote it so how can they be seen I, I, I it's, it's hard because the money the loss of money but it's it's the message isn't it it's it's kind of like let's make no bones about it. gambling can absolutely destroy people's lives
3: yeah Well, they went about tobacco firms didn't they back in the back in the 80s and the 90s tobacco firms were uh, um, legally taken out of sponsoring sports events and whatever, and it's just that the current target is is gambling.
2: Yeah, yeah, and and and, and they're they they're the unfortunate victims in the sense that if you can, it's like anything. If you can, if you can drink alcohol moderately, it's not going to kill you. If you can gamble moderately, it's not going to kill you. But it's the extremes, and they have to be seen to be uh, protecting that. And and I do understand because it it's it's a horrible horrible addiction I've played with. People who have had it, and and it's and it would be no different to walking around with a. In terms of pr- the promotion element, it's for those that can't quite control themselves. It's no different to walking around with with.
0: But, but supposing it wasn't gambling. Supposing it, it was, I don't know, driving your car or or something. You know, a different um, a different um, method of getting promotion, getting um, you know. Um, What's the what i'm looking for sponsorship money that's not deemed as as evil of as a gambling is shall we say but that what i yeah. the, the point i'm trying to make is that they're st- they're not even getting a chance even if they wanted to to get anywhere close to it not even close because they say think- no you can't do that because it's it's an it's a difficult business yeah it is we well, you know all that
2: but yeah you know but that's, i think that's more of a I don't know it's a tricky one because they do they miss out on the money I get that but yeah. it's more like where does your moral compass sit what's more important what's, your, what's, your, what's more important an extra 100 million or saving 10 people's lives because they haven't seen a, they yeah. haven't logged on to the website because they've seen it on their team's football shirt and might oh, cost it's, 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 it's a cut way above my pay grade that one, but yeah. But I, I can I can see both sides of the argument. It's, it's, Hard hitting it's questions on football, bloody hell, as always. Yeah, it's, it's a, really, a lose lose, isn't it? It's a lose lose. You're going to upset someone every way. And but me personally, I would rather lose a bit of money and and have a bit of peace of mind knowing that I haven't contributed to someone destroying their lives or their family's lives. So um um, I think there's more important things in your team competing at the top of the. Gym. League. Well, and everyone, and everyone, no one cares until it affects their family, do they? It's like a drug addiction. Yeah,
3: never happened to me that sort of attitude, isn't
2: it? Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. and, and and I bet if you if you had a son who was a gambling addict and ruined his whole life about you, feel very different about it. Oh yeah, Absolutely. I'm sure. I'm sure. So, so, yeah. so, one of those, isn't it's so a lose lose. Someone someone's going to come off the wrong wrong end of it. And,
0: but. Keep tuned to Three Valleys Radio for the latest news on the Manchester City saga.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's going to be
0: one, one of those. That's gonna... yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's
1: going to rumble on and rumble on and rumble on. Yeah, and, and
3: unfortunately that means that I will as well, so I do apologise for well, that. Well,
1: yeah, because eventually, Rick, uh, there's a Champions League final that involves that very club and it's going to have to be talked about. And hopefully... I know from your perspective, you'll be talking about a really good, hard fought Inter Milan win. Oh, I might call me hamstring that week. Yeah.
0: <laughs> no. Yeah, that's an interesting point, actually. We are going to have to talk about it. And we will do probably for the next 10 years. If, yeah. You know, and that's, that's being optimistic, really, isn't it?
3: That's like we say, it just depends what sort of a game you want. Do you want the Harlem Globetrotters, or do you want something that you can be proud of and and get behind? And the, the Premier League need to make decisions. UEFA need to make decisions, as far as that goes.
2: Yeah, because that, that that is the thing is, it? it's, it's proud to get behind because, um, I know obviously Man City got the feel like feel phone which gives them a bit of hope. But how many young young lads on the on the streets of Manchester can be like, oh, I want to be one of them because they're just not even the chances have become so slim. Well, it's like
3: the Chelsea; their their youth academy is supposed to be amazing,
2: but how many of them
3: get an opportunity?
2: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's just um, just a sad indictment of the way football's going, and and hopefully one day it gets returned to the to the fans. I, I hope.
3: But it's like Dave said that the problem is people lap it up, and that's what they yeah.
2: want. Yeah, well, at the moment it's just a milk cow, isn't it? People just jump on, try and get as much out of it as they can, and then go off. But but one day, one day it will come.
0: Well, talking of talking of academies, uh, Josh, you, you've no doubt seen that Yeovil are reactivating their youth sort of academy system. How do you feel about that? I think it's good, isn't it? It's um, it's good for everyone in the uh,
2: area. It's really good for the young, the younger children who would have probably, if you were good enough, you would go to the other academ- academies, like the football league academies. It's good for the parents because they might not have to travel so far. Um and at the end of the day, hopefully it'll be good for the club. I think these sort of things, they're not usually a when an when a academy comes, they're not usually a, a really quick fix. Um anyone who thinks you're gonna produce five first team players in, in two years is probably bark at the wrong tree, you might get lucky. But they're kind of a slow burner and you hope to to um hash in on the on the benefits of it in, in years to come and Exeter, we've got a good model, so they're in the southwest. So hopefully, we can kind of follow in their footsteps and, and emulate what they've done because they bring in some good money with club transfers. And yeah. I think
0: it's the clear. thing is, we need to we need to stick with it. And the trouble is, that over the last going back, you know, to when I was working at the club, um, we had a, a very good link up with Southampton, uh, and everybody was thinking this could really be the the one link that's going to push the club up. Uh, from a academy point of view, but it never lasted in the end, and then you know who arrived, and that was that got out the window. But uh, hopefully, if if uh, Martin's you know got the right ideas in mind, and I'm sure he has, it'll it'll have a bit of longevity this time. And as you say, you're never going to get a, a, you know two or three players in two years. You've got to be looking at five years minimum. I would have thought. Yeah, you well,
2: I think when oh. I was at Gillingham, they used, to, they used to speak. They used to say about, it, I think an academy. Needs to produce something like one player every four or five years to fund itself if it's done properly. So it is really a, it's a shot in the dark, but it's, a, it's an opportunity the club would have definitely missed, isn't it? So yeah. as long as it's done properly and there's some structure to it and gives the players a chance to progress and learn, it will be good for the whole standard of football in the southwest of 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 the country, really, and other teams will benefit just as much as you over will with with having we're picking up players who have had more more of a um like professional up, upbringing i suppose but it's exciting hopefully it all hopefully it all um it'll come into fruition properly and and we'll get some good players from it in years to come so
1: we're being flagged down that oh. we've only got a couple of minutes left <laughs> left of this
0: podcast.
1: So is that two minutes for a topic aid or no time? Well, it's
0: it's fifty eight oh four seconds at the moment, so you you know how long you've got, R- roughly just, well, just under to, two minutes. i just kind of really to to say that obviously on next
1: week's show um, we're going to have lots to talk about because it's the end of the season uh, this weekend and ad i know you for one always disappointed when the end of the season comes around because one we're always looking for
0: content but um it's always sad to see the football league, uh football season come to an end yeah absolutely of course it is we've got cricket down and the nice weather coming and a little bit of t20 tonight oh, it's not all bad then, is it? not all bad no no it's not all bad
3: not, not not for those of us that took three wickets last saturday oh, Ah, yeah. oh,
0: it's all going well is it yeah oh. Not only that, he who 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 gives his body for the the sake <laughs> of the team as well. Poor young Rick yeah. took, took one in the chest, Josh. Oh God! Not the best yeah. place to have one after his. Yeah, uh, no,
2: that that's, that scares me. That sentence, Christ. Be careful, <laughs> wouldn't you?
3: I will do. Thank you. Yeah, first game back after a triple heart bypass, and you get worked whacked, and whacked yeah. in the chest. Smash but no, survived it. We're here. We're going to keep going.
1: Well, I think that's probably the best place to leave it then for this (laughs) week. So, (laughs) so Rick, take bloody good care of yourself and thank you very much for coming on. No problem. Josh, thank you very much for joining us again and hope that we'll um, we'll see you again very soon.
2: Thank you. No, thanks for having me. It's nice to be back.
1: Welcome back, Josh.
2: (laughs) Cheers. And goodbye from myself,
1: Dave Pryor, as always, as I will hand you over to Mr. Producer Aidy Hopper to sign us out. Well,
0: thank you all very much for participating and listening to Football Bloody Hell!